0: of church chicago this is pastor jp trolle i'm so glad that you're here listening with us today on our podcast this message today is coming from our midweek prayer service we believe that this prayer meeting is the most vital meeting of our church i pray today as you listen to this message that you're encouraged that you're inspired and that ultimately you're pushed closer to jesus if this message today spoke to you i pray that you will come out and join with us on a wednesday night that you can gather together alongside the rest of the church and hear from God and what he would have to say to you. Sit down, sit down. Let's see if I can work this thing. For those of you who don't know, I only own one Apple product. It's this iPad. (laughs) Lord, thank you for the honor of being able to share your word tonight may the words that I speak not be my own but may they be yours thank you I just want to thank pastor JP and uh, Hannah well I want to thank her too because she's my wife but pastor JP and Rachel for trusting me to speak to you guys oh man I love so many of you like all of you he's not even lying I have come in like I have hugged all of you at some point. I've shaken your hand. I've waved to you. I've I've been lost in daydreams and have locked eyes with you, Brody. Um, there has been I have had awkward moments with you, and there's nothing more refreshing than for God to say, "Hey, I have a word for my people, and I want to use you to bring it." Nothing more refreshing. So I'm humbled to to be able to be here. Um, And this word today, actually last week I was playing bass and I was sitting right there in that corner and pastor was talking about dependency and that word, every time he said it, it just rang so loud in my head. And I kept asking the Lord, I'm like, why is this, this word, it feels like it's attacking me. It feels like it's crushing me. What is it? And in the middle of of his his message, the Lord goes, Eric, why do you find satisfaction in the artificial? And I stepped out, and some of you might have seen, I just walked right out the back, and I wrote that down. I said, I can't forget this. Why do you find satisfaction in the artificial? And I said, God, is this the word that you want me to speak next week? He said, no, this is what I'm telling you. It hurts. You're like, oh man, I really was hoping it was the other one. Um, and as soon as he asked me that question, he put this passage in my heart. And the whole week I ran from this passage. I'm not even gonna lie to you guys, I ran from this passage of scripture. And I said, "It's cool, Lord. I'll I'll, I'll I'll preach from this. I'll share from this. I'll, I'll oh, this is a good one. Let's jump on Google and find some good some good passages on on freedom and, and and surrender. Let's find the good ones, God. The meaty ones. The ones everybody knows." And I had a nice, pretty little outline. It was color coded. My wife would have loved it. For those of you who don't know, Hannah is type A. And He said, no, no, Eric, I gave you the passage already. And it came to a point, I said, all right, I'm going to stop running. I don't know why I'm so scared right now, God. And this is the passage he gave me. This is out of the book of Isaiah, chapter six. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up and the train of his robe filled the temple above him stood the seraphim each had six wings with two he covered his face with two he covered his feet and with two he flew and one called out to another and said holy 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 is the lord god almighty the whole earth is full of his glory And then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongues from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. And that's what I have for you guys today. (laughs) Like this wrecked me this week because I sat there and I said, I I just thought of that first part. I see the Lord seated on the throne and the train of his robe filled the temple. The train of his robe filled the entire temple. And in my mind, I immediately tried to figure out what kind of man-made object can I use to say I've actually experienced that. And God said, why are you satisfied with the artificial? And it broke me. So do me a favor real quick, close your eyes. because I want to read this one more time. Take the time to visualize the moment. You are standing before God, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Almighty is before you. And you see him on the throne. And who knows what the throne looks like? It's God's throne. I picture it simple yet glorious, majestic, And Isaiah says that the train of his robe elegantly filled the temple. And as you look up above him, the seraphim fly, six wings. Holy, holy, holy. It's the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Open your eyes. I don't know about you guys, but that leaves me in awe and wonder. By the way, Pastor Jordan says he cries a lot. Boy, you're in it with the champ with this guy coming on board. I, (laughs) this paints a picture of God's glory, it paints a picture of his intensity. It paints a picture of how beautiful he really is. And yet we find ourselves satisfied with the artificial so much more than we do with stepping into the throne room. So what is artificial, right? I had to look up the definition. Made or produced by human beings rather than occurring naturally. Made by me, rather than being made by him. See, we live in a world that we're in awe of everything that's fake. We praise celebrities. We love different inventions that people give us. We're so excited about our own personal growth and those things may not necessarily be bad, but they all can fall as distractions. We look at godlike men on massive screens for three hours at a time doing godlike things, but they're fake. We pay money to go in and see them, but it's not even reality. Yet we have 24 hour access to the throne room, and we choose to spend 15 minutes in the morning. It's my first time doing this. Don't ever let him speak again. Dude, it broke me. I started reflecting on my life. What God, what is satisfying me that is that I'm saying is greater than you. Think about it. If I said, hey Siri, loud enough, all the phones in this spot would go off. And she not mine. Someone was going to say it. That's because I'm safe. Uh, <laughs> y'all got to get that pixel. And <laughs> she could tell you jokes, right? She could tell you stories. She can tell you the time. She can set your calendar. And overall, she can attempt to do what we try to do and fail to do for each other, she can be a type of companion and a friend. There was literally a little movie, what was it called, Her, right? That, that the dude fell in love with his phone. So we've already had the thoughts and we already put it to screen that this thing can become that intimate with you. And we constantly wake up and sell ourselves to this. And the truth is, that nothing in this world can truly satisfy us. Nothing, it all dies, it all fades away. First John chapter two, verses 15 and 16 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him, that hurts. For all that is in this world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but from the world. And verse 17 will go on to say, and all of this will die and fade away. But not God. They just serve as a distraction. And so I asked myself, I said, Lord, then how... How does it work? I don't want to be distracted. But if you're like me, sometimes you want to come before God, but you're like, you're too big. You're scary. Or you're like, God, you're just too small. You're not enough. And God said, no, 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 you don't get it. You're too small. And I come in at just the right time. I come in at the right size, in the right place, with the right motives, with a gift, with a will that is for you and not against you. And yet you choose everything else. So meet with me in the morning for 30 minutes. But when you walk away, I'm still here waiting. And I said, God, how do we do this? And Isaiah says it beautifully. He says, woe is me, for I am lost. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King and the Lord of hosts. So my first point is we enter his presence in reverence. If you don't know what reverence is, this is what reverence is. Reverence is holding such high regard, such love, such respect a fear for God. It's saying, I am broken. I am ugly. I'm disgusting, but I remember what you've done for me. So God, I can't help but do this. Because you're so big, and you're so scary, but you're so loving, and you're so endearing. And it doesn't matter how big he is. He comes beside you. There's a reason God came down and put on flesh so that you can see, hey, I'll come beside you. I'll sit next to you. I'll have conversation with you. I'll take on a cross for you. I'll resurrect for you. He said, I'm doing it so you can see I'm not too big and I'm not too small. I'm everything. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Who's, how does is, is anybody find that scary? That the God who created the universe chills on your couch with you in the mornings? I'm going to start pouring two coffee cups. <laughs> what if the other one's empty? Oh, I'll freak out. I believe, I'm going to read this straight from here because can you imagine being in Isaiah's shoes? Can you imagine standing in the throne room where God who, who created everything, who in the beginning took time to form man, who was the pillar of fire that led the people of Israel by night. The God who gave Samson his strength, David, his courage, Solomon, the wisdom, the God who put on skin and took the cross. Can you imagine standing at the foot of his throne? And the angels sing, holy, holy, holy. And the sound of their voices, as they call, shakes the foundations and then you realize you're not fit to be in the presence of a king i'm disgusting i'm unclean and i'm hanging out with all these people who are unclean but i'm standing here before the almighty What do I do? And this is the point, guys. It's at that point when he gets you to that point that the artificial begins to feel so much better. When you're like, I feel like I can't approach you. Yet on the other side, he's saying, you can come to me. Arms are wide open. Walk in. And you're like, "I, I can't approach you. I can't approach you. So me and her We're going to go away right quick. I can't approach you. So you know what? I'm just going to blind myself and hide myself in a room watching Netflix for 15 hours on a Saturday. Because I can't approach you even though you've been open wanting to speak to me on my kitchen table the whole morning. Even though every time I walked by I read that word and it pulled me. And this that is breathing, this that is living, this that is the active word of God is saying, come unto me, all who are weary. I will give you strength. Because, guys, Isaiah realized something. My second point is there is freedom in his presence. Verse six says, then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth and said, behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. In his presence, there is freedom. Alex literally said right here about 30 minutes ago, in his presence, there is freedom. And I was sitting over there jumping. I looked at him and I said, that's my second point. I'm like, look at God affirming things. When Moses came into the room with the burning bush, God said, take off your sandals for this is holy ground. church I didn't move this it's just like in my way (sighs) Um, this is this is holy ground where you stand does not belong to you right now Nick asked for the spirit to come down Guys, he comes. So, right now, he's right here. He's in this room. He's face to face. He's looking right at you. And he's saying, Hey, you're in my presence. And in my presence, there is freedom. I don't know about you, but when he told that to me, and he said he wanted to say that to you, I told pastor yesterday, I was in my living room, and I had to get down, and I had to crawl under a table on hands and knees, And he was so just dense, he was like, Eric, Eric, tomorrow I'm placing the coal upon their lips because in my presence, there is freedom. I don't know all your names, but he does. So think about it right now, put your name in there. Your name, I'm placing the coal upon your lips. We are, we are getting ready for a move. We are getting ready, we have been growing non-stop. God is doing something with us as a family and he is preparing us for this next season we are going into. Isaiah would have this placed upon his lips and God would send him out to speak. He was a prophet and he was fierce. The next verse, right after that, God would say, Who should I send? And Isaiah raises his hand, Send me. Send me, I'm ready. God is calling out to his church, Are you ready? If I say, Hey, who is ready? Who's the voice? Who wants to speak? Are we ready? And that's not saying you're going to stand in a stage or you're going to stand on a mountaintop and thousands are going to come. It's saying, yo, when your cousin calls you, are you going to be a light? Are you going to keep living a jacked up life? Because so often it's so easy for us to pull back into our comfort zone and sit there and just say, you know what, God? I'm going to get them next time. I'm going to read this next time, I promise. Monday wasn't my day, but Tuesday will be better. I'll start the Bible plan. And I'll swipe up on the app every time it reminds me. I'm guilty of it. I was actually guilty of it this morning. (laughs) Trying to read through numbers, and it's hard. I thought Bible plan would help me. It's not But the Lord convicted me. There is freedom in his presence. That word freedom. We live in a country that boasts about freedom. And yet we're enslaved to everything. My heart. Yearns for us as a church to walk in that freedom that he has given us. Jesus says, I'm the way, and he's accessible. He's right there. You just gotta, you gotta initiate. Hey, Jesus, I'm here. Father, I'm ready. Or, Father, I'm scared and I don't feel ready. Or Father, I don't quite believe, but I'm trying to understand, can you speak to me? He's not saying show up to me and know everything. He's saying just show up. I'm gonna love you whether you're in the worst place of your life or you're in the highest moment. Because you know what? Even the people who got, seem like they got everything find themselves in the lowest places. So today, as we, I want to spend some time really diving in in prayer. May we focus on this? Let's enter the throne room together. Grab hold of that thing that keeps on that 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 artificial thing that keeps on taking that throne, that keeps on sitting on that throne and say, Lord, this is your seat. This belongs to you and you alone. So may you take your rightful place in my life back. So as the band begins to play, Let's really begin to press in. We don't have to scream for him to hear us. He came to Elijah in a whisper. We just need to come. So, Father, we come. We come into your presence, Lord. We exalt you. Let's just take this time to come into his presence and lay down that which has been blocking his throne.